This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. to one of my friends yesterday about how it would be so much better if we could see the sun and then I walked outside today and there was sun. Oh, look at that. Just speaking it out into the world and it happened. It was nice. It would have been nice if it was like more than 15 degrees outside, but... Yeah, it was pretty crisp out there. I didn't really care for that, but you know what? I'm not going to complain. No. Sun is a good start. Yes. Um, I got nothing to start. Yeah, I don't think I have any news because I'm trying not to watch the news. Yeah, me neither. I'm just trying to um, lay low from that right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to focus on the new year. Right. On the same page. New goals, happy lives. Yes. And preparing for the podcast. Yep. Here we are. We're doing it. We are. All right. I think you are starting today. You are correct. Okay. So... This is the story of Jasmine Jones. I got my sources from WISN, The New York Post, TMJ4, and SK Pop. All right. So at around 11.45 a.m. on January 8th, 2023, in Racine, Wisconsin, near 21st Street and Memorial Drive, a very awful and horrendous crime took place. So, uh, 14-year-old Jasmine was fighting for her life as she was being shot in the head as many as four times. Oh, my God. 14. Let that sink in. So, how could this happen? What would possess someone to commit such carnage on a young child or any human being, really? But, like, a, a little baby girl. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's terrible. I have a 14-year-old. Exactly. So that hits home. I mean, that any for anybody, even if you don't have kids, like, you just don't fuck with children. Like, just don't. No. You don't do anything to them. They're precious. They're innocent. So on that grim day of Sunday, Jasmine went on a walk with her boyfriend down by the railroad tracks. I think we've all been there before. <laughs> you know, just the place to be. I don't know why. Right. I would want to say to stay away from the railroad tracks, though, because I feel like some shady shit goes down there. But but they're like, they just draw you in. They really do. They really do. I don't do. know what it is. Me neither. Maybe all the trees that surround it. Yeah something intriguing about the railroad <laughs> and they make for really good pictures they do yeah i agree with that so she was actually there breaking up with her boyfriend of one year however this was no little middle school breakup hmm. i i can't even imagine being with somebody for a year at the age of 14 like i I remember having a crush at 14 and maybe holding hands for a week, but like having a whole ass boyfriend for a whole year, that's crazy. Yeah, my son was just dating a girl from like 
the beginning of the school year and he just broke up with her and I thought and he just turned 13 so I thought that was a really long time mm-hmm. yeah I mean that is for a little kid time yeah I'm like that's crazy yeah I don't know people do this they have longer relationships than most adults <laughs> <laughs> longer than me <laughs> oh my gosh so her boyfriend took this breakup very seriously. Like, like I said before, this wasn't no middle school crush. This, this was, was serious. This was serious. This is like end of the world type of emotions. Mm. And he told her to turn off her phone. Never a good sign. No. Hand it to him. And once he got it, he tossed it. Mm. So then he turned to her with a 22 handgun and began to shoot her once in the eye. And like I said before, a few times in the head. Oh my God. According to the criminal complaint, he stated she then began to beg for her life, end quote. And then he stated back to her, you have to die, end quote. And then he fired additional shots at her, striking her in the head approximately three more times. Um, as she was getting shot, Jasmine mustered up courage, um, willpower, and all of her strength and ran away from him and ran out to the road where she had flagged down a driver who had called 911 to aid her. Thankfully they were there. I know. And I know a lot of people, and I, I get this feeling where you see somebody and they're getting, you know, they're covered in blood. They're Mm -hmm. maybe losing, they lost limbs or something like that. And they keep driving. They say, Nope, I'm locking the door or whatever. Yeah. And I totally get that fear, but I mean, this is, I couldn't say no. Like this person is begging for their lives. And I just, I would feel horrible if I knew that that person actually died and I just turned away. Yeah. So deputy chief, Jesse, I'm going to really butcher this one. Me tour stated, thankfully we had citizens who were willing to step up and get involved End quote. And I totally agree with that. So the police ran against time to save this child's life and was eventually, she was eventually flown by a helicopter to the children's Wisconsin's hospital in Milwaukee. And she was in critical condition as she was shot several times in the head. Um, so as she arrived at the hospital, her grandfather, Juan, also arrived. He stated, quote, I was just praying, man, and praying that God will look over my family. You know, we just don't know what we would do without her, end quote. And the police were not done at the scene, though. They had to track down the 14-year-old shooter at a friend's house where they recovered the handgun and two magazines for a 9 millimeter handgun. What is a child doing with this? Uh, How do you have this accessible to you? You're riding, you're obviously walking around with it. Right. And just, and the fact that this is, this little kid must have shot this gun before. Cause I mean, when I first held a gun and I was going to, I was test shooting it. Mm-hmm. I was a little nervous, you know, like I would, yeah. I didn't have that good of aim. I right. didn't know how to really handle it. I had to have, not that I had supervision, but like somebody there that has handled guns before. Right. But this little kid aimed it at her head and hit it. Yeah. Without like, you know, a second thought. Yeah, that is crazy. So, 
Another nail in his coffin was that they found bloody clothes and shoes in his home. So that just really pointed the finger directly at him. He was then taken into custody and then charged as an adult for attempted murder and possession of a dangerous weapon, but is being held in the juvenile detention center because of his age. Right. While being questioned by police, he admitted to them that he pulled the trigger in a fit of rage over a Snapchat post and the breakup. And I, I don't like that he didn't, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but like he should have been represented he yeah. is he's a child like there should have yeah. been other people in his corner i know that he yeah it, the, he's allegedly the shooter um but it, you you need to have protection no matter what adult and child i don't think that 14 year olds are great at making decisions no no and so if you're a teenager and you want to break up with somebody please don't do it face to face because teenagers so. have overwhelming emotions. No. They do, yeah. Send them a message and block them. I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised she even, you know, because this happened this year. I'm surprised yeah. she didn't do it over text because I feel like that's how people break up anyways. Yes. But, I mean, mm-hmm. she had some In courage. In my experience, my son generally sends people a message <laughs> and then blocks them so he never has to talk to them again. Exactly. I mean, that's one way to do that. <laughs> but yeah i mean this is i i get where you're coming from i get where you're coming from so many big feelings and a lot of people not being taught how to communicate or how to process their emotions because i don't think a 14 year old just decided on his own if you're not going to be with me i'm going to kill you like that's something he's seen and heard before that is tragic that is, because yeah. that's not a normal thought process. No, not at all. Like, I I mean, I've had plenty of little kid breakups, and mm-hmm. not once was this ever an option of how to handle things. No, you usually walk around the halls at school talking about how dumb and ugly they were and yeah. why did you date them to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And your friends all make fun of them, mm-hmm. and then in a couple of weeks, it's like nothing ever happened. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't take it to violence. Yeah. So the 14-year-old was held on a $500,000 bail, and I know the offender's name is out there, but I won't speak on it on this podcast because it is a minor. Yeah. I don't think that it's appropriate. Agreed. I don't like that I found that out, and I hope that if people do look into it, that they also maybe not speak on it of the child's name because it is the child. Right. If convicted, he can face up to 60 years in prison. So that's his whole life. Yeah. If you have been touched by the strength and resilience of Jasmine and feel it in your heart that you should help her in her journey of recovery, there is a GoFundMe page for her. The goal is to raise $10,000, and people have already raised $4,500, so they're okay. almost halfway there. That's good. She will only be able to see out of one eye from now on and will forever have to live with bullets in her neck and head um she already went through a major surgery and has many more procedures to come so this is a huge medical financial burden that she's gonna have to go through i mean her family's gonna have to go through and undeserved unprovoked you know right and just really unfair that she's gonna have to bear it yeah 
Um, but her mother has stated that her recovery and her will to live has been remarkable and that Jasmine has remained in good spirits. Don't know how, but she does. And she's amazing. She made it. Yeah, I guess. Um, literally two days after being shot, she was able to walk, sleep, I'm sleep, (laughs) smile and talk. So that's crazy. And she was shot in the head. That is just, she's lucky that it was a 22. Right. Yeah. Because if people don't know about guns, they're very small. They're small. Yeah. yeah. But that's still, I mean, yeah, it could have caused brain damage. She could have died. She, yeah, yeah, she could have. Um, Deputy Chief Jesse Matoyer stated she is an absolute survivor. The real story here is her, which is completely, yeah. completely true. She saved her own life. She fought for her life and did everything she could do Um uh, maintain her composure she was clear and able to communicate with officers and to get herself help end quote and i just want to mention that domestic violence has no age limits no it has no gender limits it has no race limits at the age of 14 years old jesleen unfortunately encountered a big taste of domestic violence mm-hmm. and came out on the other side a champion like yeah. truly the definition of a champion um, so that is the story of Jesseline Jones, better known as a walking miracle. She really is. That's amazing. Yeah. I was just blown away by that story. And I was like, yeah, she... I hadn't even heard about that happening either. Right. And <clears throat> I just think what a true testament of resilience. Yeah. And to be able to remain calm mm-hmm. and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I wish her a speedy recovery. Me too. Yeah. I, and I know that she's already doing the work. Yeah. Um, and I hope that she will never have to endure anything like that ever again. Definitely. I think people forget that teenagers can have domestic problems, but it's oh, yeah. pretty common. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, you know, yeah, <laughs> we won't go there, but yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot, it's more common than you think it is. Yeah. And because you, they're young, a lot of people don't label it as domestic violence, but it right. truly is. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's, so it's never too early to start talking to your kids about healthy relationships mm-hmm. and unhealthy relationships and boundaries and all the things. And when, you know, like your partner is doing crazy stuff, it's not cute. It's not, no. if they're going and destroying your, your, you know, let's say you have a car and they go and, you know, bash it to bits. That's not cute. That's, that's not, that's threatening. That's, that can only lead to worse things and it's definitely a red flag so it's behavior like this is not something that you should think is cute or funny or you know it's always a build-up it is definitely all right great job thank you for telling us that yeah today i am going to tell the story of the disappearance of sandra bartolas and i'm going to start with her description today She was a Caucasian female, brown hair, blue eyes. Her nickname is Sandy. And she took great care with her appearance. And she's been missing since 1988. 
And at the time she went missing, she was wearing a blue tweed jacket and black pants and carrying a large white purse, which usually contained all of Sandy's cosmetics and hair products. Mm-hmm. You had to carry your hairspray in the 80s. Yes. So you could make your hair as big as possible. Yes. The the higher the hair, the closer to God. Is that what that yeah. is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sure was. <laughs> Um, and she had graduated from cosmetology school and she worked part-time at cost cutters and she was continuing her education at the Waukesha area technical college for business and marketing. And she was also considering going to school for fashion. So like her looks were very important to her. She was always on trend. She had the newest makeup looks, like the big hair and the cute outfit. Total fashionista. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Definitely. And she was one of eight children. Damn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she was raised in a loving household with her parents where she was still living at the time of her disappearance. So on October 24th, 1988, Sandra had spent the day at her friend's bridal shower. When she got home late that afternoon, she went straight to her room to rest and get ready for the night. She's like, okay, I'm done with my events. No, I'm going to have some little me time. Yes. Her family recalls overhearing her on their phone in her room a couple of times, but said that she wasn't saying much. At some point, her sister was going to go get ice cream for the family, so she knocked on Sandy's door. She said Sandy yelled, what? And clearly didn't sound very happy. So if you guys have sisters, you know what that sounds like. Like, why are you bothering me? I'm in my room. I want my peace. Right, yeah. So they just left her alone. Good call. Yeah. Sandy had told people at the bridal shower that she had plans to go see her boyfriend later that night. And that's what she was at home getting ready for. However, it didn't sound like this was going to be a pleasant visit. Okay. Sandy had recently discovered that her boyfriend of three months had been lying to her about a lot of things, even his name. Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, so my whole life is a lie. Everything is a lie. Oh my God. I can imagine. And I guess in 1988, it's probably pretty easy to do that. I'm sure. Yeah. You can't do that now. You can't do that now. Yeah. No, we are going to find you. Exactly. I've already sea capped you. Yeah. (laughs) I need your picture. I'm doing a reverse Google search and I have your whole identity. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So apparently her boyfriend also had a long-term serious girlfriend that he had failed to mention to Sandy. So hence the name switch. The double life. Mm Mm-hmm. So Sandy had a hunch that things were not quite right because women know. Yes, we always do. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. If there's <laughs> any men that's listening and your partner is going up, I guess any, any doesn't matter what gender. Yeah. But if your partner goes up to you and is asking you something mm-hmm. very, very specific. Yes. They already know the answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you lie, it's going to be worse. Let me tell you. Like yes. they're wanting to to hear you trip up and give them that lie, mm-hmm. you might as well just come clean because we know either a lot of what you don't want us to know or we know the whole truth. So it just doesn't pay to lie. It doesn't. No, because I've explained this to men before too. Like if I don't ever lie, like you don't. can, you can work through most situations if you're honest, but if I come to you and I say, Hey, were you at Piggly Wiggly Tuesday? And you're like, 
no, I haven't been there in months. And I'm like, oh, but in my mind, I'm like, but I saw you. Right, exactly. With it's just like Susie. It went with Susie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just keep that in the in your back pocket. If yeah. your your partner is questioning you, um, and not just generally like yeah. are are you cheating on me? No, it's gonna be very specific. Like where were you Tuesday at eight PM? And if you say I was at home, I was asleep. Mm-hmm. No. No, no, you weren't. She's got and a picture. I know. She's got a picture, or her best friend saw you, and she's got a picture. Yeah, we somebody's have, got we have receipts. Receipts. Somebody's yes. got, <laughs> you know, footage. Yep. It's just, you know, you might as well just not lie. Yeah, don't lie, because even in 1988, with the limited tools available, Sandy figured out the lies. We are resourceful. Yes, we are. So. You want to hear about Sandy figuring things out? Uh, actually, I'm dying to know. <laughs> she, she was like, I think things are a little fishy because I've never been to his house. Red flag. The two always met at random locations throughout the city. That it screams affair. Does it? Yes. You've never been to each other's houses? I okay, mean, maybe that the part, first that part. Maybe like the first month, if you're like paranoid. You just meet in public places while you're getting to yeah. know each other. Well, that's what but I'm saying. Three yeah. months. Three three months. Yeah, yeah. You've been over somewhere and doing you something. You haven't spent like where are you hooking up at? The car. <laughs> the no? car. Yeah. You're grown. I know. He lives by himself, supposedly. Right. You're it, taking me to. A you're mo- right. You're, you're taking right. me to a motel for what? <laughs> uh, true. Yeah. I'd be kind of like, what are we doing here? <laughs> right. So. She's like, yeah, this is getting weird. She also thought it was weird that they hadn't met each other's friends or family. Maybe friends, but family, I feel it's like kind of pushing it. That is a little personal. That's a little pushy, yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to meet anybody. No, me neither. <laughs> and I'm like locked in. <laughs> You're locked in for life. I've met everybody. <laughs> I even know them. <laughs> I know all your impulses. Yeah, you too. do. Yeah, you do. So no red flags in your life. No. <laughs> but Sandy was like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. So I don't know who she had run his license plate. Oh my god. <laughs> but I love our her. girl has connections. I love her so much right now. Okay. Yeah. So she had his license plates ran and Therefore, discovered his real identity, and somehow that found out that he had a girlfriend. Wow. Mm-hmm. But the terrible thing is, she found out all of these lies, but she had also just found out that she was pregnant. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why, like, her spidey senses were up. Oh, does like, that extra is, intuition? Is that like an extra factor that you get when you're yeah. pregnant? I wouldn't know. You get extra paranoid. Oh. Oh, God. That'd be terrible for me. You sit down and you're like, now I'm having a baby, but I've never even been to his house. Oh, yeah. That's got to be so weird. Yeah. Mm -mm. I feel bad for Sandy. Yeah. So she had let her boyfriend, whose name that I never got. Oh. He hasn't been... His name has not been listed. She told him that she didn't want to deal with him anymore. She had found out these lies. He did not like that. He was like, no, you need to come see me. You need to come see me. Begging her. Red flag. Yeah. Calling and begging and begging and begging. And even offered to give her gas money to come and do so. So at 8.15 that night, she left her family home 
to go meet up with her boyfriend. She wanted to confront him and see like, his reaction in person. You don't know this man. You don't you know don't. this man. You don't know what he's capable of. You don't know how he's going to react. Oh, nope. girl. Mm-mm. This would be the last time that anyone would see her. Was oh. when she was walking out of her house. Fuck. Yeah. And her father waited up all night for her to get home. Oh, my God. That breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And so he quickly reported her missing, although at first the police believed she had probably just gone to hang out with some friends and that she would arrive home in a couple of days. You know, she's in her 20s. She's doing her thing. They're like, she doesn't have to come home. Right. Yeah. But her dad is like, but she always comes home. Right. Clearly. She's been dating this guy three months and hasn't even slept at his house. She's right. always at home at night. Yeah. So he's like, no, something's definitely wrong. But it took a little while for them to realize that. But on April 27th, her car was found. And it was found in the parking lot of Red Carpet Lanes, which is where she had supposedly gone to meet her boyfriend. So she was smart. She's like, I'll confront you in person, but I'm going to do it at the bowling alley. Okay. That should be safe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after her car was found, her boyfriend was questioned, but he denied having any knowledge of her disappearance and claimed that he was with his other girlfriend and her family all evening and she backed him up oh oh why oh I god feel like even if he really was there with me i'd be like i don't know where he was <laughs> you're like i don't know I not my business <laughs> i haven't seen him in days <laughs> throw him under that bus all the way under the bus oh like, wow yeah. i can't believe i hate when people do that like just like covers for somebody that is yeah. looking at some deep shit i'd be like i don't know especially after they lie to you yeah there's lie no way to another person like, there's no way no Mm-mm. he told the police he had no knowledge of her disappearance and also that he had no knowledge of the pregnancy this guy but her friends were like yeah he did At the time of Sandy's disappearance, her boyfriend was working for an ambulance service, and he was going to become a firefighter. He was supposed to be working a 4 to 12 shift the night she disappeared, but he had called in that night. So, like, why would you be scheduled for a shift if you have plans to hang out with your girlfriend and her family? I'm just, like, throwing down red flags throughout this entire episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after a little time had passed... Like, a few days, he called the police back and said he wanted to change some details of his statement and offered to take a polygraph. However, when the time came to do so, his lawyer instead contacted the police and said that this would not be happening. Which, I mean, polygraphs are trash. Yep. And as, if I was his lawyer, I would have done the same. However, you gave one statement, you might as well give two. (laughs) You're right, yeah. You're calling and telling them, like, I want to change my mind. No, I'm that, not going to talk to you. That like, doesn't look too great. No, you should just shut, either shut up from the beginning. Yeah. Or tell us everything. Right. I want to know now. There's no you in between. talking. Yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. So, a tip would eventually lead the police to Mount Olivet Cemetery... And once there, dogs tracked Sandy's scent to a grave that had been open at the time of her disappearance. Oh. It gets crazier. That's dark. According to 
the theory she may have been there or adding to the theory that she may have been there at the time of her disappearance was the fact that Sandy's boyfriend's father was the cemetery caretaker. Wow. And her boyfriend used to work there. Ooh. So, and on top of that, in Sandy's room, her sister had found a napkin with an address written on it, and they eventually discovered it was the address to the cemetery. Ugh. So did she ever really go meet him at the lanes, or did they meet at the cemetery? It sounds like they met at the cemetery, and this was all a thought-out plan. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like to me, too. And... But after they went through all... Jumping through all the hoops to do the search, they eventually dug up the grave and they found nothing. I am shocked. Me too. And this sadly would keep happening throughout the years. The police would get tips and they would search areas. They would go and do digs. Like They've really worked hard on trying to figure out where she was. And then this was so sad. The family would be like, well, what if the police missed something? Mm-hmm. Right. So they would go dig after the police <laughs> Oh, God. I know. Because they just want to find her so bad. Yeah, I don't blame them, but that's so terrible that a family has... <sighs> yeah. They, 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 they probably think you don't know if it's done right mm-hmm. unless you do it yourself. Yeah. And I told, I mean, I would go to extents yeah. that I wouldn't even think of if my family member or friends was right. done like that. Me too. And the family just wants closure. They don't even care if it has to be an anonymous tip. They just want someone to tell them what's going on and where Sandy is so that they can finally put her to rest. The family does believe that she is deceased. They purchased a gravesite for her next to her father's for when the day comes that they can finally have their answers. So mm-hmm. if anybody does know what happened to her, just leave an anonymous tip. Yes. You don't have to say who you are or how you know or anything. Just be like, I heard she's here. Or even if you're the asshole boyfriend and you know that you did it and you know where she is, you could just send an anonymous tip and tell them. I'm surprised they aren't looking at him harder. Yeah. Because who else would do it? Who else would... It's hard without a body. Exactly. They've done an investigation, but there's absolutely no evidence of foul play besides the fact that she's gone. Like, there's no blood. There's no... I think if there was some blood or something. Right. But there's nothing. So technically, if they did charge him, he could just say she's in Canada with the baby because she didn't want me to be part of its life because I'm a dirty little liar. Right. So. Yep. So, I mean, if even if they wanted to without a body, it wouldn't be easy to convict him Mm-mm. based off of that. No, you have to have some... I mean, Wisconsin loves to try cases without bodies, as we've seen. Yes. But they're only successful probably half the time. Right. And, and this has literally nothing. Nothing. She, like, vanished. She did. She absolutely did. That's crazy. It is. It's very sad. Yeah. Well, that's Sandy's story. I love the women in this episode. 
mm-hmm. Sandy, amazing. And I hope that there's some sort of resolution yeah. um, for the family. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like for her to be missing for this long is just kind of a bad sign. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that doesn't mean that the family doesn't deserve answers. Right. And lay her to rest where they want her to be. Right. If that is the case. And Jasmine. And Jasmine. She's also amazing. But I think it's funny. We didn't coordinate stories, but they're both like breakup confrontation stories gone wrong. I know. I was like, this is a whole vibe today. Like we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, amazing women. I mean, this is a little girl, but still amazing females. Mm -hmm. Boyfriends are loose cannons. Yeah. I don't love it. No, you have to be careful who you date. Yes, please double check who you, they are. If you feel like there's a red flag, tell your best friend. She's going to be like, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you X, Y, and Z and how I found that this is actually an, a red flag. Because your, your best friend will figure it out. Yeah. She will find all the information. Mm-hmm. Yes. My best friend psychoanalyzes people's text messages and be like, no. <laughs> you can't talk to him right yeah I mean that's good though because I feel like there's a lot of losers out there and you kind of yeah. need that best friend filter yeah so like well he's cute and he's nice and she's like but this this and this right and now I looked at his social media and and why is he doing this he seems kind of bitter <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we we need that best friend filter yeah and don't be ashamed of getting in a bad situation. No. Because I feel like some people don't want to tell people, like, oh, my God. Like, right. Yeah. He lied to me about his name and all this stuff. Just because you were duped doesn't mean that you are uh, in any way uh, dumb. Or right. Some people are that good. Some they people really are. are just, this is who they are to their core. And, yeah. I mean... Obviously, he was good enough to fool you, and that there's no shame in that. I mean, anybody can be fooled, really. I've been fooled. Yeah, me too. I've been made to be a fool too. It's just like it's part of life, almost. Yeah, it's definitely part of dating. Exactly. (laughs) I'm glad I'm done with that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh man, I'm done too. (laughs) All right, we love you guys. We do. Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.